Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It was the best of times. It was the worst of she was the people's princess. We shall fight on the beaches. Oh, hey, man. These are the things that made England. We shall fight on the landing ground. These are the things that made I England. I have a body, but of a weak and evil woman. These are the things that made England. And a king of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry God for Harry! And these are the things that made England. England! And St. George! These are the things that made England. Welcome to The Things That Made England. We've been away for a while. Uh, this is me, David Crowther, and this is... Uh, David, can I just hold my hand up? I need to be admonished by our many listeners. Uh, fundamentally, folks, the reason why we've been away for so long is all down to me. So if you've been missing David and I, blame me, not him. And if you haven't been missing David and I, then you can congratulate Roy Field. <laughs> uh, anyway, we are back together, you know, it's better late than never. And today it's my turn. And actually, I was slightly right. upset by this subject because I think Luke intercepted a sort of conversation between us. And he thought that you were doing this subject. And he thought, huh, is that really Roy Field? That sounds a bit standard for Roy Field, which I found a bit upsetting. <laughs> well it had to be said right? uh, well it had to be said david that we have swerved doing things like shakespeare yes dickens bloody bard and to date we hadn't done the beatles uh, and these are so obviously totemic of england that they hardly don't need a program to propose them because they just are yeah sort of there Mm. Yes, that's so, true. But we're going to do it. We're going to do the Beatles. Well, you are. I'm just along for the ride. Just along for the ride. You're there to try and make it funny. You've got. You've uh, got to provide the wit. Well, David, this might be a long, oh, hard God, day's night. Right. So look, ask me why I'm going to do the brief Beatles. Um, maybe because you want to twist and shout. I don't know, David. Why do you want to do the Beatles? Right. Uh, so, well, I went to see a film called Yesterday. Have you seen that? 
I I haven't seen it though. I've heard about it. It's good actually. I mean, you know, it's not brilliant. Do you like Richard Curtis? I have a vexed history with Richard Curtis, considering I'm a person of colour that used to live in Notting Hill. Yes, the door. Mm. Yeah. So does that mean you like Richard Curtis or you hate Richard Curtis? No, I, I think I, I very clearly said, you know, I have a vexed history. It's like... Vexed history doesn't sort of answer the question, does it? It absolutely does. No, OK. I quite like some of his stuff. It's all very easy. It also feels very English, actually. Everything he does feels very English. Yes, it does. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a vision of Middle England. It is. It's all very easy and it's nice and everything is nicely resolved and nothing's too nasty. There's a little bit of discomfort in the middle, but it all mm. comes right at the end as a thing. There aren't any of the dirty unwashed generally in his uh, films or people of colour. Well, mm. the hero of uh, yesterday's person of colour. Well, he's trying to make amends because that was the the, uh, the slings and arrows always thrown at him. Uh, starting from Notting Hill. That how the hell can you do a film about Notting Hill, which has the Notting Hill Carnival, and not mention the carnival or the fact that the area historically is racially diverse? Absolutely. Not so much now, admittedly. But anyway, so finally we're talking seen the about light the Beatles. At last, then. Mm-hmm. We see we were talking about the Beatles. Anyway, so uh, I went to see the yesterday the film, which is very typically as you've described. You know, you don't get the great unwashed really, although you know. Uh, the mediumly washed and uh, it's very nice I thoroughly enjoyed it and it's uh, the story is about a society where the Beatles have been nobody knows the Beatles and he goes and sings Mm -hmm. all their songs and that's really nice then the other thing about the Beatles was that my daughter Millie said that she doesn't really like the Beatles but I think that's an impossible statement to intellectually yeah I mean you're quite right you know, you're obviously you're wrong about Richard Curtis, but you're quite right about that. <laughs> so I did what every good father does uh, when mm-hmm. confronted with that situation. I bought her a massive box set of DVDs mm-hmm. on the understanding that she wouldn't, of course, want to watch them because um, she doesn't like the Beatles. But I would then have a box set of DVDs to watch. So when she moved, she left the DVDs and I watched them cover to cover. And it's a complete anthology of the Beatles. And it was very, very good. So I thought I'd better share my knowledge with you. Well, you know what, David? I'm going to be entertained then. Please entertain me. Start, sir. Right, so that's what I'm going to do. So the question is, how much do I need to say about this? You know, the Beatles are the soundtrack in a sense. I mean, I'm a little bit young for the Beatles, but nonetheless, there has never been a Beatles song very far away from me. There's always mm. one there, isn't there? So when we when we were young... We used to go to the coast, sit in a caravan. Most of the times, I remember it was raining, obviously. So we used to listen to the Beatles compilation albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the red one, red bordered one, and the blue bordered one. Uh-huh. Did you have those? Uh, no, Very my folks being immigrant stock, we never had the Beatles records in the house. Is that right? Yeah. So when did you come to the Beatles? I have a very fraught personal story uh, to do with the death of John Lennon. It was inconvenient for me, personally. Uh, but I, was, I, I came to the Beatles, I think, about the age, five, age of five, okay, you know, well, that's singing enough. The Yellow Submarine in infant school, bellowing it from the top of my lungs. You can't just, but, you can't just leave that conversation. You had a troubled time with the death of John Lennon. 
Why, was he staying okay. with you or something? Well, hmm. Well, the musician that actually stayed in our house was Bob Marley. But let's just move on from that. Uh, so Why move on from that? The musician who was in your house was Bob Marley. It's, it's, it's a conversation for a podcast about Bob Marley as opposed to one about the Beatles. Okay, well, Though okay. there let's is a, a, a bit Bob of a Marley. link between the Beatles and reggae. And the Beatles are credited with having one of the very first, and when I say very first, I mean very first, uh, reggae-inspired songs of all time, Obladi Oblada. Right. At, it was about 1968. Lovely song, yeah. I've always liked it. Yeah. And reggae, if you look at uh, the history of Jamaican music, reggae is coined as starting in 1968. Right. So the Beatles predate just about every uh, Jamaican reggae artist in terms of being one of the very first, produced one of the very first songs, which is definably, well, it's pop reggae, but it's reggae tinged at the very least. Good Lord. But anyway. The trouble with me doing this subject, of course, is that you know something about music, whereas, of course, I don't. So you can... Well, (laughs) and and you're you're the fan of heavy metal, so I couldn't couldn't help but agree. Indeed, so by definition, don't know anything about music, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what do I need to say about the Beatles? Bunch of blokes from Liverpool set up a band, cut some songs, did some drugs, split up ten years later. Is the sort of short story. Liverpool late fifties from nineteen sixty playing together, influenced by Skiffle. What is Skiffle? Mm-hmm. I've no idea what Skiffle is. Uh, it was um, yeah, it was folky, uh, kind of British English uh, folky rocky. Uh, version of American kind of rock and roll, kind of done very in a homespun way, wasn't it? All right, but well, there but, you go. but so, all the, all those early, um, I was not, not early sixties, late fifties bands like Tommy Steele and, and all that kind of stuff is all kind of skiffle music. Tommy it's very Steele. kind of energetic and a bit of a noise, but quite fun at the same a bit time. Bit of a noise. Mark Kermode does skiffle, of course. And then the nineteen fifties mm. rock and roll and George Formby. Do you know what? In the making of this programme, I realised again how much I love George Formby. Really? He's a bloody genius. George Formby's a genius. Anyway, that's for another day. Formed up, Stuart Sutcliffe left, Pete Best was fired, performed in The Cavern, first album in 1963. Uh, the thing actually that struck me about this thing I was watching, you know, Millie's Present, which I stole from her, um, was how quickly they got a sort of core group around them. So Brian Epstein, 1961, mm-hmm. sort of gave him an image and managed them to 1967 yeah. till he died. George Martin, does everybody love George Martin? I, I think they do, whether they know it or not. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible not to love George Martin, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's kind of everybody's uncle. And constantly, you know, constant admiration from the guy from them. And there's a chap called Neil Aspinall, actually, who was there all the way through as well, their tour manager until he, until he died. So, and George Martin and the Beatles, always going back to George Martin, always seemed like a very odd combination. You know, he's kind of this rather solid, serious sort of bloke. And these, you know, four Beatles who are dropping all kinds of uh, substances. It's a funny combination, isn't it? But that combination of them and the people around them seemed to work really well. Mm. Well, that, that that's the alchemy of a band, isn't it? It is. That... And you could tell, it might be somewhat harsh, but you could tell a story of the Beatles post-breakup, which is that none of them, it's a bit harsh on Paul McCartney, but none of them really ever attained the heights that they did 
as a foursome. Definitely Ringo Starr didn't. No, I mean, George I think Harrison, you're right. I was going to yeah. raise that same question, actually. I mean, George Harrison, actually, I was going to say, funnily enough, does some really good songs after... Wow. Plagiarised. Plagiarised, is that right? Stolen. Yeah, Here Comes the Sun, which is completely, really... Uh, Isn't that when uh, he's cord- part of the Beatles? So I was thinking more things like uh, My Sweet Lord... Uh, here comes the sun's like seventy two. That's when he was single. That's all right. Anyway, we'll have to argue about that. Anyway, another time, anyway. I think that's in the Beatles. But anyway, uh, live tour sixty three to sixty six. It was quite funny actually watching them play on this DVD because um, they kept complaining they couldn't hear a thing they were saying. There was so much screaming going on they literally couldn't hear a thing. And in the end, they said, "Look, there's no point doing this anymore because we've no idea what it sounds like because the screaming was just, just so extraordinary." Uh, David, uh, very quickly, Here Comes the Sun is, of course, the Beatles. I was thinking of My Sweet Lord. Yes, OK. Was that uh, plagiarised, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, I forget the the name of the song, but, you know, you talk on and I will quickly Google. Yeah, cool. Um, the tour in the US, uh, 1964, a very significant year because it also happens to be the year that I was born. Mm-hmm. Big year. Big year for the world. Well done, world. Um, the Ed Sullivan Show, apparently they were on that, and 73 million uh, Americans watched it, 34% of the American population, apparently. Um, so then they stopped touring uh, 1966. And actually the thing, I mean, I won't go through all the um, uh, the discography because it would get a bit boring, but actually the thing that struck me was just how, because I think I've always liked the Beatles because there's a bunch of, a bit like ABBA, so it's a terrible uh, comparison, but a bit like ABBA, there's a bunch of absolutely bulletproof songs that you know you're going to love and that you can roll out at any time. But actually the thing that struck me about this this sort of progression, this anthology, was how innov- innovative they were along the way. You know, they did Sergeant Pepper, they did, they did the whole thing about Ravi Shankar and... You can see that influence when they revised things like Norwegian Wood, which is a song I absolutely love. Um, then they did the Magical Mystery Tour, which is fantastically English and really rubbish. But it, it's a kind of lovely, warm 60s feeling about a bunch of blokes doing this thing, which is a bit odd, but it's just lovely somehow. Uh, Yellow Submarine, again, a bit, you know, very odd, but nonetheless, humour, innovative visual style and all the rest of it. Um, so that kind of struck me that they are incredibly innovative. They kept changing things, kept reinventing themselves, kept doing new stuff. And I think I kind of, you know, at the time I didn't really think about that. I just loved all these songs. The other thing which I realised after I'd listened to this very polite anthology where everybody was lovely to each other, they had um, George Harrison and Paul McCartney and Ringo sitting around chatting, obviously not John. And they were very nice to each other and they'd obviously grown up and all the rest of it. And there was nothing in it which was controversial. So I then went and read about their personal lives. And their personal lives were a little bit wild, weren't they? And so they should and so they should have been for, you know, pop stars in the sixties. I suppose you know. so, but somehow when but, I see when I see Oasis, I mm-hmm. think, all right, you're gonna be, you know, I'm not gonna approve. Uh, the Beatles somehow have managed to get this, maybe it's because of time have put this, um, you know, patina of respectability and niceness over the top of them. But um, I understand that Patty Boyd, who was the wife of George Harrison, had an affair with Ringo Starr. 
I did not know that. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's I'd say that's irritating. <laughs> um, you know, mildly irritating at, at least. Do you think um, this type of behaviour goes on between podcasters? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've no idea. I'm not prepared to speculate, to be honest. Um, Ringo described himself as, and I quote, a drunk wife beater and an absent father. I think his Was wife, it, wasn't Maureen. Wasn't John Lennon? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Richard Starkey. John Lennon, of course, was a, has been accused of beating his wife, Cynthia. And being a dreadful father. Like... Yes. A horrendous father. Absolutely. Not even just, I'm father. absent, like, went out of his way to be a bastard. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about that, but I'm going to take your word for it because there's lots of other things going on. Uh, Maureen Richard Stark is uh, Ringo's wife. Also had an affair with George Harrison. I might have got that wrong. But, you know, the thing is that their songs are essentially incredibly nice about lovely things. Um, mm. And... You know, very positive, very innovative. And in the background, underneath the water, their little feet are paddling away like mad and there's some extraordinary things going on. Mm. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And the thing that really underlines the Beatles for me is the fact that, you know, at, at their pump, what are they, like 1962, 63, something like that, when they really kind of like kind of get going to 1970 yeah it isn't just the amount of music which they created um it's how diverse it actually was we're not talking about um dare i say oasis from their second album on where they all sound the same and i'm not knocking oasis here you know what they managed to do was to reinvent their sound and have texturally quite sophisticated and temperamentally quite different songs but surely the reason why we're talking about the Beatles as being um, something which is uh, totemically English is because 50 years after they split up they're quintessentially seen as English the planet over and so much so that the city of Liverpool owes its international reputation solely down to this band what is the international reputation of Liverpool, actually, while we're on the international reputation of Liverpool? That there's a place in England called Liverpool. Right, it's as okay. quite simple as that. I don't think people outside of the UK specifically have a notion of what Liverpool is, other than it's the birthplace of the Beatles. It's a bit like you just say uh, Stratford-upon-Avon to somebody outside of the UK, and the only thing we'll know is Shakespeare. Right. You know, the, it, Liverpool is just synonymous with the Beatles outside of the United Kingdom. Obviously, us English have another impression of that fair city, which is coloured by Brookside in the 1980s, that they're all, that people wear shell suits and they're all thieves and it's down at heel. I didn't say that. I I just did. I just did. I'd like to distance myself from Royfield's comments about Liverpool. Well, before people have a go at me, um, I would just like to say that when it comes on to me talking about the Sun newspaper, I have quite a lot of positive things to say about the people of Liverpool. But well, that's in terms very good, of yes. just, they certainly gave the Sun the uh, the bird, didn't they? Right, but you're, you're quite right. They they have, um, and I was quite interested about how English they seem to talk about. They were quite often talking about, you know, it's that old tradition, incredibly annoying tradition actually, of England being synonymous with Britain, 
which is extraordinarily annoying and England is now beginning to suffer for it. But yes, there's a lovely quote from uh, John Lennon, actually, on one of their American tours when he was waxing lyrical. I think it was the first one. And he was waxing lyrical about America and saying, oh, it's fantastic. It's like England with buttons. <laughs> I think I've, I've heard more incisive, in-depth analysis of the difference between England and America, actually. But uh, obviously he was very keen. But yes, he, everything he was doing was comparing with, with England. And, you know, that was mm. obviously where it was all his, his background, what he perceived home to be. Um and yes, I mean, you're absolutely right. So we should do some stats. 11 of their 12 studio albums released in the United Kingdom to 1970 reached number one. That's not a bad record, mm-hmm. is it? No. Nope. Yesterday inspired the most cover versions of ever any song ever written. I did know that. Didn't know that. I mean, I think there are loads of stats, actually. The only, those are, extraordinarily enough, those are the only two stats I collected. And I'd have thought, you know... You could collect as many stats as you like. There's, I'm going to slightly mangle this one, but the year that they did the Ed, Ed, Sullivan's, Ed Sullivan's show, which yes, is what, the 64? one where they got 34 percentage of the American yeah. population listening in. Yeah, I believe it's 1964. They had at that point um, either four the the top four or the top five of the American Billboard was all Beatles songs. And the reason why that happened was because up until um, that point, they had, uh, they were, you couldn't give them away in America. So the story goes that whilst they were kicking up a rumpus in 63 uh, with like, uh, Please Please Me, that album in the UK. Yeah. They just weren't saleable to Yanks. So um, I forget whether it was Epstein, but one of one of their uh, producers, etc., was doing really bad deals um, with U.S. small U.S. labels just to take Beatles output and to release it in America. So lots of small, re- well, not lots, three or four, four or five small record labels took up uh, the deal to be able to distribute the Beatles in in the U.S. Thinking. Not, not much is going to come of this. And one of them was actually a soul label up in Chicago. Anyway, cutting a long story short, that is the reason why there's a record which people say will probably never, ever be uh, matched again in the American Billboard's charts. When I forget whether it's four or five, but it's the top four, top five, all by one group. And it's because when they got on the Ed Sullivan show, the week or so afterwards, all of these small record labels re-released the right. output. So it was not coordinated at all. So you could never have a situation today whereby you had a band that had five record deals. But it's because they had no reputation just a few months beforehand. So it's this quirk of Billboard history. Yeah, they suddenly went potty and they got four people um, or more supplying the market. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you should mention that. Sales of over 800 million albums worldwide, which I think is all right. Best-selling mm-hmm. music artists in the U.S. still, with certified sales of over 178 million units. More number ones on the British charts than anybody else. So um, uh, it's extraordinary, really, isn't it? I mean, they are absolutely... You know, think of all those amazingly popular uh, artists, like Elvis Presley, for example, and yet um, Beatles are the best-selling band in history. Well, i tell you what the Beatles did do. 
Right. So we've we've said that they've put Liverpool, they've given Liverpool an international marker. And being somebody who lives in the United States now, I can very clearly say, very clearly say to you that people say, well, so where are you from in the UK? And they go London. Before I mouth Birmingham, they say <laughs> London. Do you bother saying Birmingham? Well, I always do. Right, you should do. Quite right. Too. Right. But people, if, if they have to guess that I'm from somewhere else in the UK, they'll yeah. go Liverpool. Is that right? Yes. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it's, it doesn't happen all the time because London is the default. But right. if, uh, but I've had this once or twice where somebody has said, I don't think you have a London accent. Are you from Liverpool? That's right. it's happened more than once. And, it, and they, nobody, bar nobody, knows anything about the city other than the Beatles. I'm coming up, so that's just a repeat of that point. But, but, the, but the other thing, and this is really important, what the Beatles did was to rip away rock and roll from solely being an American-derived art form. Pop music. It wasn't called pop music back then. It was called rock and roll. Up until that point, as far as the Americans were concerned, this was their thing. Yeah. Hence the British Invasion. The Ed Sullivan Show. The Americans were not aware that uh, the English had a version of their their popular music, which was as vital, as important, as exciting as theirs. And actually, what the Beatles did, and what the Mersey Beat did, was to reinvent that sound. And it's significant that the Beatles and Ed Sullivan in 1964 is the the first British invasion and then there is a second British invasion. I always call it the British invasion when actually it's an English invasion. So what is the definition of rock and roll? Because everything gets called rock and roll. I suppose in the early days you can see that uh, it's pretty rocky. That's fine, fair enough. Uh, But after that, you know, you'd think, I don't know what you'd describe Beatles, you know, not necessarily rock and roll. Well, it, it... I'm I'm no musicologist, but you're much closer and, to it than I am. Well, rock and roll is a watered down white version of rhythm and blues, and fundamentally, it's a twelve bar blues structure. And rock and roll becomes coined as such, which actually is a sexual term. Rock and roll it means sex to rock and roll. Is that um, right? in the mid fifties? Right, and let's not rock Bill, and roll, Royfield. Uh, yeah, you and I can do many things together, but rock and roll is no, not one of them. And the Billboard chart it's gonna have to go. Kind of defines rock and roll as being this kind of like this teenage thing, and and at the very start of rock and roll, it's very bluesy. And you have people like Little Richard as well as Elvis Presley both saying they're doing the same kind of genre of music. Um, by the early sixties, the term is falling out of favor and you look you listen to the american billboard chart and there's lots of schlocky kind of middle of the road stuff in it but rock and roll becomes a a catch-all phrase for pop music before uh the the phrase was actually used but the sound of american 
rock or let's say contemporary music is probably the best way to describe it by 1964 you have the start of Tamla Motown uh, it's a year before like the Beach Boys and stuff but it, but the English with the Beatles being the spearhead come along and inject so much energy into uh, this kind of mu- musical form that it knocks the Americans kind of sideways and Synonymous. If you were to say to people outside of the United Kingdom, um, give me te- give me just list a whole load of English things. You know, the Beatles are always kind of going to be up there because they're yeah. the soundtrack to just about everybody's life, whether they know it or not. This is the thing that shocked me about Millie's statement is that isn't it the soundtrack to everybody's life? You know, can't you say, can't you quote a few pieces of music? And when you talk to to bands, I mean, obviously Oasis is one of the obvious ones for us. Mm. Uh, you know, they all quote the Beatles. Uh, listen, uh, uh, absolutely. And and the thing is about the Beatles' output, it's kind of what I said um, towards the start, it's shocking the amount of music they actually did do, and you forget that so many songs were actually, are actually Beatles songs. You just completely forget. Um, well, it's incredible so that you, they're only 10 years, actually. I thought they were much longer. Yeah. No, they, they they worked hard. Yeah, they absolutely worked. They're incredibly hard. prolific, actually, and they were incredibly. Mm. Um, well, maybe it's this anthology which gave the impression, but you know that the the amount of time they put in in the studio, you know, was very impressive. And Paul McCartney mm. comes across as quite a serious sort of person, doesn't he? Uh, and, so, and so does John Lennon. They're serious, but in, in different ways, yeah. and they completely complemented each other. I did an Excel spreadsheet of all of their album releases from 62 to, to 1970. You did a spreadsheet and of all their album I did, releases? I did, I did, David, because my thing with the Beatles is just the, the amount of songs. There are 214. Well, I was just about to qualify my 218 right, okay. because some of them actually are re-releases. Right. Or, or albums with the same tracks. If you say it's 188, I'll, I will bow to that because it's definitely not 214 because you look at it and when I alphabetize it, you know, the same ones do come up, but it's a lot. You know, 188, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll agree with that. It's a lot. Well, there are people In, out there who have done blogs ranking all, I think it's 188, all Beatles songs in order. I need to know what kind of person you have to be to rank 188 songs in order. <laughs> well, what has happened in your life is, is an obsessive. But people are obsessive about just about everything. Well, they are. But people are obsessive about the Beatles, aren't they? I mean, you know, there's so much mm. still and now. Understandably there's so, much talk about the so. Understandably so. That's the thing about the Beatles that you can you can get lost in that Beatles universe and and never never come out of it. You know, because there's just so much more to discover. Actually, one of the things I was slightly upset about this anthology was the the lack of focus on the lyrics, actually. They didn't talk about the lyrics very much. They talked about the music all the time. And, of mm-hmm. course, one of the things... Well, they talked about it a little, a little bit. But one of the things I've always loved about the Beatles is the way the music, the way the words often hang together. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you're not... I mean, often, sometimes, you know, with things like um, Love, Love Me Do or whatever, you just, you know, they're just words and it's just, you know, there's nothing profound in it. But things like Eleanor Rigby, for example, or even Hey Jude, you know, you're you're listening to a story, um, hmm. which is amazing, you know. And 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 I think the one thing about the Beatles is that they have the classic rock 
trajectory, don't they? Um, in that the early songs, um, yeah, they're good, but as you you kind of alluded to, they're not um, lyrically profound. They're catchy, but they what the Beatles did, and which subsequent bands have copied, unwittingly or not is to go right this out our next album and the next time we're going to sit down and write a whole load of stuff it's going to be influenced by this we're going to go and experience that whether it's drugs whether it's traveling to india you know and we're going to try and take those elements um, into our music but then also their the complexity of their writing becomes more layered and cleverer as time goes on so there is a very clear rock narrative with, with with the Beatles, and it's true. In the same way as their cohesion as a group goes through that rock trajectory as well, doesn't it? You know, they they collapse. Mm. They in this way that rock groups do. You know, they inevitably fall out. What name me rock groups that? I mean, I suppose there are rock groups that survive, aren't there? Name me a rock group that survived all the way through. Well, there's a lot of those kind of 60s Tamla Motown groups, like the Temptations and whatever, that they always just seem to endure. Right. Oh, stop it. Right. Anyway, but if you think that there are lots of those types of 60s soul Tamla Motown groups, and they're still performing today, obviously not all with the original lineup. There's maybe like one. Who's the original lineup? Does but that count? Seem to though? That's a bit like the axe with... that chopped the head off Mary Queen of Scots. You know, it's had a new axe head a couple of times, and it's had a few new shafts. But oh yeah, it's the same axe. <laughs> that doesn't really count, does it? Radiohead, no. haven't they stayed together? Yeah, yeah but Radiohead. Could you even put them in I'm the same bracket uh, as, we're not, uh, not as, argue as about the Beatles? This one. You know, entirely with you on that one. Mm. Radio. So, what are your top five? That's what we're going for. Is we're going to go for the five top? I, that's my question, though, isn't it? Well, I'll go with one, then you can go, and I can tell you why, and then you can go with another, and then we'll do it. I've got a top eleven. You've got top eleven. Yeah. I gave you strict instructions. We have a problem with this. I give you strict instructions, and you ignore me, don't you? Have you? How always uh, had that David, problem in your life? Well, you can whittle mine down for me if you want, but I looked through my Excel spreadsheet and I went, I want that, 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 right. that, and that. And it came up to 11, and I said, you know what, so be it, that's what it is. Do you know, I need I'm to explore presenting... this, I'm sorry, but I need to go back a step and explore this Excel spreadsheet. Did the Excel spreadsheet exist before I selected the Beatles, or afterwards? Afterwards, David. So, you heard, I mean, this is this is big news. So, you heard that we were going to do this, I said <laughs> we were going to do this, and then you went and constructed the spreadsheet. Because... As I've said a couple of times, it's the sheer weight of output from the Fab Four, which always blows my mind. I'm, in, I'm, in, so, I'm so, impressed by the level of preparation. Well, if you'd have said to me your favourite Beatles songs uh, before looking at the spreadsheet, I'd have maybe gone Yellow Submarine, uh, Strawberry Fields Forever, and then I don't know what else I might have. Might have Right, but you studied it. Rather than just going with your gut, you studied it. 
exactly. And then I've gone, oh, God, oh. yeah, I forgot. That's a Beatles song. Oh, my God, yeah, there's that one as well, which is the wonderful thing about the Beatles. It is. So many of them. So many of them. The bit of learning for me from this, before we go on to those songs, is that I'm always in future going to give you a task before the programme. Because I, I, I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You prepared a spreadsheet. That's fantastic. Okay, so go with your top. You've got double the number of me. So you go mm. with your two of your top Beatles songs and I'll go with one then you can go with two and blah blah okay alright so first off I've got Twist and Shout quintessentially early Beatles yeah you know it does feel like the Ed Sullivan show they're just going for it and then it's a good one and here's a song which I would not have thought of initially if you just said off the top of my head you've got to hide your love away what a beautiful song now that is one of my five which is going to be an unfortunate thing about this, isn't it? Because yeah, because that's a fantastic song, and mm. that's a little bit—it's a little bit different, isn't it? It's a, it's a slightly different angle on you know. It's an intriguing subject. You think, why are you saying that? The music's a little bit off somehow, isn't it? Um, it's got some. Uh, Explain off, they, sir. Go on. Explain off. Well, it's got some. I don't. I'm not a music uh, fan. But it's got some changes of key within it where the music is not entirely melodic. There's a little bit of disharmony within it. Mm. That right. would be my contention. Somebody with any some musical skill can tell me that that's rubbish. But it, to me, the music is slightly less straightforwardly melodic to things something like Twist and Shout. But that's, that is, that's your bag, though, isn't it? Discordant music. Is that right? discordant music. <laughs> I have to tell you, heavy metal... Led Zeppelin, <laughs> extremely melodic. Okay, so you've got a highly level way, so um, I'm going to agree with you on that one. So I've uh, now used one of mine. Uh, so do I need so, to do another two then? Go on, give me another you? two. All right then. Now this is probably the weakest one out of the lot. Sell it and to again, me. it's early Beatles, and maybe this one can be thrown in in my Beatles dustbin actually, or trash can. For our North American listeners, you're not selling uh, it, Royfield. Sell it with confidence. All right, but I'm still early Beatles here. When it's just where there's lots apologetic. of energy. Go for it. Tell us, David. Stop it. Right, Hard Day's Night and Great. Ticket to Ride. They're good songs. Ticket to Ride is a particularly good one. And Hard Day's Night. They're both great songs. Great songs. Mm-hmm. And the the film is good, isn't it? I haven't seen the film in forever. You've not seen the film Hard Day's Night. <laughs> I, I have, but not since about the eighties. I watched it yet. the day for some reason, just because I thought, oh, I watched another. Movie. And it's a lot of fun, isn't it? I mean, it's. Comp- I mean, I'm not saying you know this is not great filmmaking that's going to, uh, you know, change the world and all the rest of it. But the, one of the things is they're just incredibly engaging, aren't they? The way they sell mm. themselves, whether it's sales or whether it's the reality of the situation, the chemistry between them is just brilliant. And actually, mm. the anthology showed you four people that even though they fell out had a basic thing going which was really strong you know they're lasting all the way through from from the days together in liverpool or the three of them at least you know that relationship was an incredibly important thing about why they're so attractive isn't it Mm. and actually you've brought something up for me which you really do see definitely when you see the beatles interviewed on american tv that they seem so fresh 
in terms of just their media answers. They're not playing a media yeah, game. Yeah, true. No, you know, it is actually uh, true. And actually, funny enough, George Harrison came across in quite an impressive way. Obviously, he's our local lad, or he was, because obviously the Indian music was very important to him indeed, and it sort of took mm. him off, really, because I think he was always the little, you know, sort of, in a way, it was John and Paul, wasn't it? And I think... Mm-hmm. He got a bit annoyed about being patronised and not being the songwriter initially and all the rest of it. And that Indian thing was obviously really important to him, not just because he loved the music, but they got the impression, but also because it was his thing. You know, he had something that the others didn't have, um, which gave him, I don't know, I'm making it up, but some identity. You know, they're very intelligent, they're very mature, they're very interesting, you know. Whereas you mm-hmm. listen to Liam Gallagher and you think, my God. But, but Although also, he's right about Brexit, of course. <laughs> uh, but the thing is about the Beatles is that they wrote that template of pop stars being offhand, quirky, on mic. You listen to uh, their contemporaries, their American contemporaries, and they're always incredibly deferential to whoever's interviewing them. But anyway, just just to wind this all the way back to the very start of this show, or towards the start of the show, when I said it was um, Here Comes the Sun, and I meant My Sweet Lord, because you mentioned George Harrison. Um, so the big copyright infringement where he lost the case is My Sweet Lord, which is his big hit when yeah. he left the Beatles, which is a beautiful piece of music, but it's actually... He's so fine by the chiffons. And when you hear the first by the chiffons, you go, oh, my God, yeah. Right. It's chord structure. It's exactly the same. And, and he lost the case. Anyway. Good anyway, Lord. Anyway. There you go. You live mm. and learn on these mm. programmes, Royfield. Uh, so back to me. Yeah, so what have we got? Um, you got uh, so what? Sorry. Tell me again. Well, you got a hard day's night. And you were slightly embarrassed, embarrassed about it. Well, I just said that out of, the, all, out of my 11... I put that maybe at number 11, but I do like it. Okay. You know? um, <laughs> so it's nice. But you were right to say, you know, man, have the courage of your convictions and, and, and support your choice. Uh, so, right. Um, baby, you can drive my car. Baby, you and, can drive my car. Do, 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 do. It's that little bit, which is really good, that, isn't it? The exactly. Do, 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 do. And then this is where they, they take a little bit of a handbrake turn, don't they, the Beatles? So it's not just, you know kind of slightly raucous three bar uh not three bar three chord songs paperback writer yeah it's a great song utterly fantastic yeah it's very good the um the sort of harmony on the uh the chorus is very good isn't it Mm -hmm. paperback yeah it's very good great song quite early he's still staying quite early how many more have you got um i've got another five okay but 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 then i'm into the middle period so what's yours? All right, yeah, so I should do one of mine. I haven't done it chronologically, actually. I just did it. I did it with the gut. I didn't do a spreadsheet. Um, we can work it out. Yep. I sort of put that uh, in the same bracket as uh, you've got to hide your love away for some reason. I do not know why. Um, just because, again, the lyric, it's it's about something a little bit more than just, you know, love me do or whatever. Um, and I slight, love, like the slightly off-key... Um, harmonist to it i mean i know nothing about music as i'm clearly um demonstrating several times but i love that we can we can work it out mm. so that's my number two no, i don't i always assign this to my west indian roots but for me with the song 
the the music is actually foremost for me. Yeah, we're on the same. Okay, because because you've talked about lyrics. I have talked about lyrics. I think, um, but I mean, I totally agree that it's the it's the music that really makes it. Um, But but actually, funny enough, there's quite a lot of these where I've gone with the. So maybe I'm wrong. I've gone with the lyrics actually because that's not going to be the only Hmm. one. All right. So uh, rattling through this. So then, um, got to get you into my life. Don't even know that one. Sing it to me. Got to get you into my life. That no, one. no, sing it to me. Very yeah. funny. Hang on. And then give me a moment and I'll play it to you. What here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. Woo. I'm just gonna sing it to you now, okay? Please, please don't. You didn't know I was that good at singing, did you? I do and know then, that. Very good. And then it's just it's just up, it's happy. But then um, I think it's John Lennon in the middle. And he, he, you can hear kind of the rasping in his voice. He goes, "Got to get you into my life." It's just yeah. It just it. The song builds and it starts at a gallop anyway. So that's ah, a good song. Yeah, I shall listen to that more. And then Yellow Submarine, which is purely from being the age five, right? This, um... And it was in infant school. It was one of the first songs I was ever taught, and as a as a five year old kid, what joyous! Well, there's nothing more joyous than being able to live in a yellow submarine. It's great, isn't it? Actually, I, I must be the one that everybody gets uh, does first. I don't know. I'm exactly the same. I'm sure that was the one that I would, we sang at primary school because uh, it's very simple to follow. And it's is, it, is that one of the ones they wrote for Ringo? Because they wrote one for Ringo in every album or something, or as so goes the the story. Is that actually right? You know something which I don't know. I'd never heard that before. Oh, he knows because it's um, he sings one song apparently. So um, uh, you know, you get by with all the help. Oh, he from does. My friends. He, he does. He does sing this. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's yeah. one they and um, you know, Octopus's Garden is his as well. Ah. well they have one which is because apparently his voice was very. You know, he can hold a tune, but only within a certain, quite a limited range. Yeah. So they would write him a song that sat in the middle. And that's why those are the ones which, you know, even, you know, they're all not difficult to sing along to, but those are particularly mm. easy to sing along to because they sit in that middle range. Well, that would make a whole load of sense. It would. And, and also that kind of yellow submarine stuff, and it's kind of Sergeant Pepper and all that. When you think about it, you visualise that kind of mid-60s kind of graphic an animation yeah. style don't you there is a certain kind of feel you get from all of that that kind of slightly ludicrous uh kind of graphical world that they created and, and also was on the front of the, the album covers and stuff yeah they re-released it didn't they recently yellow submarine it was on our local flicks didn't mm. get to see it after statement. but you know if you want to get a bunch of five-year-olds you know kindergarten school kids singing a song bellowing it from their lungs Yellow submarine. Yeah, you, you, you couldn't get a better choice than that. Wonderful. What's yours, sir? Uh, my next one. So let me think. What have I got? I've got on. We can work it out. I've done. So uh, I'm going to go for Eleanor Rigby. I love that song. But again, see, it's going to be because of the words. I mean, it's it's such a poetic song, and those words are so evocative um, of people. Just and it's there's something about the fact that they've thought about these people. You know, mm. are all over the place who, um, you know, are living lives 
um, you know, quite lonely lives. And it's just, it's a lovely song. It's a lovely tune, but the words are something different. You don't get many uh, pop songs like that. So, Eleanor Rigby. Uh, that that was on my list, list and I had to call that. Okay. Yeah, because I do like Ellen, Eleanor Rigby. Uh, then I've got Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, right. and then Here Comes the Sun. Here Comes the Sun. So, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, I have never liked. I think it was what? one of the very few um, uh, Beatles songs I actually actively dislike. Because he just wanders along, and then suddenly he yells, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and then they get back. Anyway, there you go. Um, so, oddly enough, that's the one I might disagree with. And what was the other one? Um, here comes the sun. Here, here comes the sun. That's a yeah. lovely song, isn't it? Yes, that was the one we used to play in a caravan constantly until uh, our mother would chuck us out. <laughs> I've heard enough of that bloody song. Time to go. Wishing that it's it would raining, come along. Mom. Just leave. And what's your next one, sir? Uh, my next one. Then, so I've got two more, haven't I? Penny Lane. Mm-hmm. Love that song. Love the uh, the the brass bit to that. Um, and I love the nostalgia and the sort of personal nature of it because it was where they lived and I love that bit of it and again that's quite individual you know sort of a feeling you don't get from many groups about that personal sense of place Um, Mm. and this is just a bunch of people who haven't forgotten where they came from and I love that there there was a girl two years ahead of me in school Penny Lane I really had a thing for her. Is that what she was called? Penny Lane? Yeah, her name was Penny no. Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was born so in 68. So when would she have been so born? Bo- well, this was just about to say, 66, who's two years ahead of me in senior school. So little, when was Penny Lane little, written? I reckon it's about 66. Well, because that would be terrible. I mean, you've, you're called Lane, you have a daughter, and you call her Penny. Well, that she just had that, you know, crossed a bit her whole life. Yeah, I mean... If, uh, but we I need to think, find that person and express our sympathy to them if Penny would, Lane was created I, I, I must before admit, 66. The 15-year-old me would love to find P- Penny Lane again. <laughs> <laughs> I really fancied her. She was just so lovely. The friends you reunited. So cool. Uh, is she so, cool. so cool. There's a wonderful video uh, which people can find on YouTube of James Corden with uh, Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney, and... They drive around Liverpool. Oh, is it one of Penny the, Lane. Oh, it's not the one. It's not the driving series he did. It's a, it's a special. Isn't I it? think it's. I think it is the driving series, but they expanded it so they're not just in right. the car because they are driving around. I, I watched it once about two years ago, so my, I'm a little bit hazy on the details. But they go to Penny Lane, and you know they walk into like the barbers, and and of course there's all this Penny Lane. Uh, paraphernalia there and like oh my god it's like it's you and whatever and blah and, and it's just wonderful yeah and brilliant. then he does an impromptu gig in a pub do you know he's very like that isn't he he's got no yeah, side and to and, him, and they did and it's not at all publicized and these boozers are just just people just they're having a little quiet drink and they're like oh my god it's like paul mccartney jaws, jaws hit the ground yeah yeah and then you by the end of it that, yeah? by the end of it you know, the pub is full because everybody's ringing their mates yeah, and you've got to get round to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And James Corden is just loving it. Just absolutely loving it. It's brilliant. It's it's wonderful, heartwarming TV. And it's all about that sense of place. All about that sense of place. Yeah, no, that's one of the things I love about them. It's absolutely superb. Okay, so we are almost be almost near the end. Have you got any more? I've got one last one. Go the on, Long Winding Road. 
The Sorry? long wind, the long, the long wind. and winding road, overproduced by Phil Spector, as George Martin said very bitterly once. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a good line, isn't it? Produced by Phil, overproduced by Phil Spector. It's a great mm. song, though, isn't it? George oh, Martin always it. hated the fact that he put all those strings and all this stuff at the back of it. Well, he can bloody talk. He had strings all over his stuff. <laughs> so he did anyway. He was very cross about it. I'm mm. But it's a lovely song, amazing song, yeah. Totally agree. Uh, and is that your lot? Uh, so I've got, what have I done? Hey Jude was my other one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had two more, actually. Hey Jude, because I think it's a lot of fun. I love the way the joint goes on a little bit, it's got to be said. But um, apparently it wasn't about Julian Lennon at all, apparently. There's this story out there saying it's about Julian Lennon, but Julian Lennon was three or something when they wrote it. Anyway, I could be wrong. But anyway, I love that song. And then the other last one I had is, is one that... Uh, you probably mock. So I love the Lady Madonna. Just really rocky. Love the piano. I, uh, I love the it. beat and all the rest of it. It's really good. I don't think it's one. It's one that came always came a long way down. All those incredibly long lists of the top Beatles songs. Anyway, there you go. So that's my five. Eleanor Rigby, Hey Jude, Penny Lane. We can work it out. Got a Heidi Love Away and Lady Madonna. And I think I can com- confirm that is actually six rather than five. So you didn't even adhere to your own strictures. I didn't know. I did a little sloppy. bit better than you did, though. Crowd are very sloppy. Yeah. If you're going to lay down the law, you at least need to follow it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the law's there to be broken, just, but only a little <laughs> bit by me. Quite a lot by you, just a little bit from me. Right, I think, have we warbled on? I mean, are we, is it going in the cabinet? Oh, come on. It was, it was going in from the moment you, you suggested it. The doors it was just were like, wide it, open, it, weren't they? Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, a total open goal, slam dunk, all yeah. of those things. You know, all we needed to say was the Beatles and then just close the show. Yeah. Well, look, we, we can have... Um, so we're, we're pretty confident that the poll will be a conclusive result. So maybe what people can do instead is list their top five Beatles songs. Hmm. And we yeah. can have a collection. Maybe you could do a spreadsheet and score it. <laughs> I'll do no such thing. But uh... <laughs> there's no there's no problem in life which cannot be solved by a good spreadsheet, Royfield. Mm. Uh, there are there are many things. Um, how to be a better lover is not going to be solved Just by pop you in a uh, knocking up a spreadsheet. I think it's actually no a standard sir. formula there for, for that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> As a macro. I feel sorry for Mrs. Crowd that I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, darling. I'm just going to check my macros. Yeah. Anyway, enough. Excellent. See you next time for... Uh, what are you David, doing next just time? before you sign off, just before you sign off, can we just encourage people to go onto Apple Podcasts and to write us a review? Do we have to do that again? Because I got... David, oh my God. Right, stop being so English. Right. Um, you sent me something... I uh, did, actually. It was quite yeah, exciting, wasn't it? I, I'm, I'm sure that was a, there's a glitch in the system somewhere. It's the reason yes, why the no, show no, no. was so high. It's gone now. Well, you know, for some strange reason, the things that made England was uh, ranking very highly on... 16th in the American yeah. history uh, podcasts lists. Yeah, it, the algorithm had a hiccup and yes. threw us. <laughs> so, somebody, somebody in, in Apple Podcast got fired for that. You know, yeah, it's like write the software properly. However, I would encourage you, listener, dear sweet listener, um, one way of supporting David and I's output is to go onto Apple Podcast and to write us um, a review. And if you All think right, it's rubbish. Mum? 
So, we'll see you next. What are you doing next time? I'm going to do the Sun newspaper through gritted teeth. Right, we'll see you next time, everybody. Uh, come along to the Facebook site. Tell us what your five best Beatles songs are. And uh, tell us what you thought. And we'll then see you for the Sun. Awesome. Right? Bye. And these are the things that made England. England. And St. George! These are the things that made England. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.